0: Again, throwback Thursday edition of the Broncos Blitz Podcast. I am Danny Williams with Alex Becker in the house. Alex, hey, buddy. Hey, Danny. How, How we are we doing? You, What's going on? How's life treating you?
1: Uh, life's pretty good. A lot better than the Broncos life.
0: Oh, yeah, that's for sure. My Broncos life sucks. My Broncos life was not worth living. My actual life, um, not too bad, I guess. Um, okay, so... I think we got lots to talk about. It's Thursday. We're trying to prepare for the Baltimore Ravens. It's an eight-and-a-half-point spread. Um, I'll tell you, man, it's I, – I, I fear like this is the first game this season where once you know, you know, your playoff has, aspirations are dashed and your chances to be an over 500 football team are kind of dashed, and – there just becomes a certain point where guys start to worry about their own future kind of getting those stats their own contract um their own health because really let's think about it and we'll do that part of the show today is we'll go through guys that are i don't want to say worth it or not worth it but we'll say helping them or hurting them this guy helping them just guy hurting them we'll do that we'll make a game out of that okay let's do it but um you know what i mean is they get to a certain point in the season where like the fire kind of gets put out. And at that point, you start to hang around for half, and in the second half, teams that um, are vying for um, the playoffs and are contending for championships and have meaning in their lives, in their football lives, it, um, you, you see the uh, you, you you see it start to spread out a little bit. And I think the Broncos start to go in a real ugly direction here. And the Ravens are a good team. I think Lamar Jackson has a day. They can't stop the run. I think that. Um, the final score is probably something around the same as last week, but it feels worse. I bet the Ravens put it all over the Broncos in the first half of this game. That's just my initial feeling. Eight and a half seems like too small of a number. I don't see how the Broncos hang around in this game, to be honest with you. I don't mean to start the podcast like this and be like that, but you know, what are you thinking, Alex, just to I, kind of set the mood, the I think mood it's, here?
1: Yeah, I think it's very likely the Ravens chew up the Broncos in the ground game, like you just said. Gus Edwards probably going to have a good week. Um, he's a lot of higher in the fantasy lineup so they're expecting a big game from him yeah and uh, Mark Andrews really reliable target there um I think the Ravens have a day and I don't know man do you I don't think there's any hope for this offense to get anything uh different turn around no, definitely not I mean yeah
0: <sighs> I think that um I mean like it's funny it's what you say like <laughs> we for one we say all the time on the show that we're, we're we're solutions oriented. OK, but you have been like I did it already five minutes into the show once and you just kind of did it where it's like, well, there's no hope for this. And um, I kind of don't really have any answers back to you. All right. right yeah. Right. Back to you, Danny. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that's the podcast. No, it's just like, man, there's um, there, there are no hopers. There's no young developing Helpless, yeah. I you know we'll go through the roster. We'll make that part of the show today. There's no like young developing DeBo Samuel type of players. Uh, there's no guys who you see uh, um turning into a number one receiver type of character and threat. You have Tim Patrick coming back there. There's a positive.
1: Yeah. I Tim love Patrick
0: him. comes back and his game isn't about Uh, elite speed and explosive ability while he's a really good athlete do not get me wrong for sure um i would say that uh he can come back and be close to the same player because of just maybe the body type so that's a a a, a plus i guess um okay so let me mention a couple partners in this podcast real quick maverick sports the maverick sports app um go check those guys up. 750 and fifty dollar match That is pretty powerful in this game in this day and era where, you know, you've been already, you know, signed up for a lot of sites, and they kind of know that they got you, and they're not offering that big money anymore. In terms of those risk-free first bets, $750 is quite a bit of money. So whether you got uh, $750 or $50, they're going to match it. Um, Go check it out. There's a couple games we like on Maverick Sports already. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast too. We did on the radio show today, but there's a couple games I like today. Uh, I mean, um, um, uh, for one, I love the Bills tonight. Yes, me absolutely. Too. I mean, three and a half points—that I mean, that is just too small of a number. I think they win by double digits, digits, and I might bet it as such. You mm-hmm. know, with you know alternate spread there. Um, but yeah, um, go check out Maverick Sports. Download it, um, deposit, or actually download it, <laughs> deposit. Um, I'm sorry, download it register then deposit then win then withdraw you could all do that boom in a small amount of time definitely the um the sign up process makes it super easy but um total beverage totalbev.com um the superstores here in, in Colorado, we know you know who's the best and where the best is, and that's Total Beverage, totalbev.com. Go check those guys out. million different things they could do for you to deliver your alcohol, to you know, walk you through if you're having a party, tastings, recipes. Man, all the fun stuff that they do, the events, they're great. And then the prices are just the best, too, so go check those guys out as well. Um, okay, Alex. So I think that they probably get smashed by the Ravens. I'm way, way, way past the point of saying, well, they scored 23 and 27, and, you know, they went 20 to 17. For one, they can't win a close game. They're going to go down, you know, the 2015 Broncos won 11 games by seven points or less. Yep. I'm wondering if this team breaks a record for most um, single-digit losses or, um, you know, one-score losses in NFL history. I wonder what that number looks like. And that's a, something you can kind of hang your hat on. Um, You know what I mean?
1: Um, Yeah. For sure. Um, Yeah, I mean. Right? Is it? I I don't know. Not really. I mean, it's just you got to find some positive somewhere. So I I could see where you're going there. But yeah the bad teams will lose <laughs> these games and they're finding ways to lose and uh I'm just looking at the stats right now and these are this, some of the the least impressive stats I've ever seen I mean they're the, the numbers well, are the, just the numbers awful are, it's the worst across offense, the since
0: board the, it's the worst offense since the 2000 Cleveland Browns and I don't know if that was the defeated Owen 16 Browns or uh, if that was just one of their one or two win teams I think
1: but, that was the first year in that expansion
0: franchise that's right good call and this is the first um it's the worst Broncos offense ever you know in the history of a proud franchise so no doubt about it i mean like like i said back in the day like i don't know what marlon briscoe did and the beginning when craig morton got here and you know what it was lean times in the 60s and early 70s but i don't think it ever was as worse as and as bad as this and you know of course you kind of have to adjust for the era but also man once you do adjust even if you don't adjust i bet some of those early broncos offenses move the ball better than this offense so (laughs) um i think the ravens probably handle the broncos we'll predict the game a little closer tomorrow i guess i'll get your final prediction before we're we're out of here but i want to go through the list of just some guys that were on my mind here that are supposed to be kind of pillars what we call what i call pillars i think you have every team has 10 or 12 guys that are like um they're they're the guys holding the whole thing up okay pillars like holding the structure up and every time you lose one of those guys you're structure becomes a little bit more vulnerable. Uh, And if you lose too many of those guys, it all comes kind of caving in and you can't kind of overcome it. So, again, you have to have pillars. Those are star guys in order to...
1: With the no fly zone, when they first lost T.J. Ward, that was a pillar. Absolutely,
0: for sure. Because while you're thinking, oh, he was the fifth best player, sixth best player on that defense, that might have been true, but he was a thumper, emotional leader, um, did lots of things that um, allowed some of the other guys, you know, Chris Harris Jr. to be Chris Harris Jr. to leave to be to be. Tlaib, um, and then even guys like Vaughn. Man, it's just it's, – it's, incompl- it's complete. And that's what, you know, when you – one guy is just such a compliment to the other, the way that, you know, a No Fly Zone was or Legion of Boom was, that's when you get, you know, all-time kind of greatness. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess I'm just wondering with these Broncos, this current kind of set of Broncos, um, are the pillars even pillars? Or are they just, you know, what we call um, – <laughs> I'm like everything I do is like an analogy of you know something of you know we've done for a hundred years on the show, meat and potatoes are, you know it's like, man, the Broncos are all potatoes and no, no meat. meat. It's uh, okay. not a great it's meal. It's not. It's not. It's not a great meal. Again, like I love some mashed potato, and as much as the next guy, and I'll have a little, uh, I'll gratin, and there's you know maybe done a, big, a a baked potato. But after that, I'm potatoed out. You know, can't yeah. give me fr- French fries after that. I've had enough. Um, I, I don't know how good. Uh, I think the Bronco, We overrated the Broncos' talent big time.
1: Big time. I like, think we all. Over, overrated I, I mean, sorry. It. The
0: offense's talent. True. We overrated the offense's talent from top to bottom. And that starts with, really honestly, and I don't want to go here because I feel like I'm the only guy who does this, uh, Javante. So while, again, we every year before the show, while the radio show, we don't hit – the draft as hard as some other shows do where they just drown themselves. And let's go look at offensive linemen, the top 20 kind of stuff. We, you know, again, we do it, we, we pace ourselves. And then at the end, we pick a couple guys who we like, Mm -hmm. and then let's, you know, we're held to it. We got receipts, but I'm legendary for my, what I call my Alvin Kamara stuff. There's guys who I loved. I loved Alvin Kamara. Okay. I loved loved Josh Allen. I loved Justin Jefferson and as of uh, two years ago, I love Javante Williams. And um, he was my guy. He was the next star. He's who people have, they'll tell me, who's your next Kamara? Well, it was Javante Williams. So I'm going to say even myself, loved him in college, thought he was had a chance to be a great player in the NFL. I'm still happy he's a Denver Bronco. But, but. he never had, he's never had like, Kamara like games. Javante hasn't had the two touchdown for 125 yard game yet. He's yeah. looked good. Last year he broke all those tackles and well, was, you know, and led the NFL and broke a tackle yards, whatever it was. Those are cool numbers because he did it on half carries too. He was, you know, he did it sharing the load with Melvin Gordon. But also, like this season when he did play for the four games, whatever it was that he did play, I you know, he wasn't wrecking the league and we weren't riding this guy and he wasn't making it real easy for Russell Wilson. Again, why? I'm not sure. I don't want to say because he's not the guy who I not just who we all thought he was, but I in particular, when I'm you know praising this guy, right. was um, I would like to hope, and this I don't know if it's a hope or, or or something to hope for that it's the problem of the offensive line. For one, offensive line can be reconstructed in one off season. There's five guys on it. You can have four new guys in the one-off season, yeah. three new guys, two new guys, one new guy, and it just will all change because sometimes what the Broncos have to do right now is find you either have big beefcake studs. Or it's got to be about coaching and cohesion, and they didn't have either. So if we had a couple good players and we can coach them up a little bit and find some cohesion there, um, and th- then Javante can do his thing, and then Russell Wilson can not throw forty touch times a game for uh, for twenty one on forty for uh, two hundred yards or whatever these terrible numbers have been. He's more of a thirty two or thirty, you know, hopefully twenty five for. 32, 24 for 30 um, for 225 or 250 yards because they rushed the ball for 150 yards. That's what we – it feels like um, if Russ has a little bit left in the tank, the offense and the direction that this team would kind of have to go And So my point circling all the way back – even Javante Williams, who was supposed to be a game-wrecking, you know, one of the best breakout, you know, young stars in the NFL, hadn't really done it at all yet.
1: Yeah. Man. So, he just, yeah, he wasn't the same guy. From that first game when he fumbled at the goal line, Um, he, he, yeah, he, he struggled. Well, he with, might need a games. guy
0: who needs a bunch of touches to kind of get going, like any running back. You know, it's not a lot of teams – um, when you got so you know so when you got Drew Brees and you could scheme the hell out of a you know an offense, then you can have uh, Kamara and Melvin Gordon. I'm sorry, Melvin Ingram. No, um, uh, Mark Ingram. I'm sorry, Mark Ingram, and the Latavius Murray's and like you know they had like four different running backs who yep. could all kind of hurt you. Um, you got to have a special group to do it. I think a lot of other running backs need touches like uh, to get going. You know, you got to feed the beast, and the fire has to get real hot before you can really kind of cook. So, um, that's just my thought. From my point is, we're talking about the offense, and like, is it good enough or not? That guy was supposed to be our best player. That guy was supposed to be our guys, um, our team's best player, Javante Williams. So, you know, even over Russ, and he turned out to be not much of a player.
1: Um, And now and that knee injury is really bad too he oh, didn't yeah. tear just his ACL he tore like all three of the ligaments in the knee I don't know they're saying it could be like Terrell Davis remember after his 100%. knee injury he was never ever the same
0: well I don't think he ever will be he can come back and be productive for a couple years but I think like the chance for him to be an all time great goes away when you have an injury like that that's a that's bad, bad one yeah so you know that sucks so my point is he was supposed to be very 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 special and unique who didn't draft him in the first or second round of their fantasy team and he's kind of given unique. Nothing and he might never be the same again. Now, without look, look who's left in the running back room. Is there one dude who wasn't all literally off the street? Uh, is Mike Boone, right? Mike Boone's still on the team, but uh,
1: yes, he's coming but,
0: back this week. Okay, Marlon Mack, yeah, uh, the Latavius, and there's another dude who they just brought in too. That's three dudes who weren't literally on oh, the street or on well, other rosters. Chase Edmonds, yes, who, traded yes for. who who you know weren't uh, you know, on your roster. Those are just guys. Those aren't pillars. Those aren't future guys who are going to be part of the future. Right. They're just guys to fill a roster spot right now and hopefully go out there and just um, not, you know, be... Uh, don't fumble the game away, yeah, I guess. don't give it away. Go out there and... Because the guys like that, if they can help a team, Alex, they'd be helping a team. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be available for the Broncos if they're helping a team. If they're helping a team, they would be helping a team.
1: Yeah. You see what I'm saying? There's a reason why they're so available. Yes. and yeah, so, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, let's talk about the receiving group. Dude, Cortland Sutton and, and Russell Wilson, whether it's uh, a match, whether it's um, he's not right physically and even maybe a little bit emotionally, whether it's the scheme, nothing is going right with Cortland Sutton. And he just he One, looks like no. a, a wide receiver two to me.
1: One touchdown in 11 games. Ugh,
0: that's a wide receiver two to me. This
1: is a big-body
0: guy, yeah. like a red zone threat. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Judy um, – more it looks like a wide receiver three to me this season. So, like, who's your wide receiver one? They don't have one. Tim Patrick is an elite wide receiver two. But even still, you can't run it back with just a bunch of, you know, second and third receivers. Mm-hmm. That shuts your offense and makes your offense very limited and allows the defense to, like, take a very big dimension, part of your entire attack away. When you don't have a real true wide receiver one to go out there and cause havoc on a defense, that hurts this team. So, as crazy as it sounds... They've invested in – check this out, dude. They invested a first-round pick in Judy, a second-round pick in Hamler. Tons of money in the offseason to Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, and guess what? They have a weak-ass, you know, receiving group, and they don't really have a wide receiver one in all of those Man. guys with all of those big investments. That's a problem.
1: That draft, That's a too. problem. The 2020 draft when they took Judy, that was, he was the first round, and they took uh, KJ Hamler right after him in the second round. Hoping for big things out of those guys, and they haven't given them nearly what they thought. I mean, KJ Hamler, I was I saw the speed, you could see the burst, yeah. all the playmaking ability. He just, I don't know. I think that hamstring is going to be an issue his whole career. I mean,
0: he's like a you know a dynamic number three like guy, Tavon who, Austin gadget. That's pretty I don't good. Know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's move on he's not to special. tight end. Um, Big disappointment. Dulcich just because he had three or four catches in a couple of games, guys, and like it's that's how bad the offense has been. And the target got excited about that. He had a big touchdown and he looks the part, but also he's a third round pick and he will be like treated as such in my mind. Right. He's no game-changer and game-breaker yet. There's nothing after that guy. Okawe, um, Albert won't be on this team next year, I don't think. Um, the Eric Tomlinson, I don't even know what he's done for this team. He's supposed to be this elite run blocker. And they just are a mess at tight end. There's just really no talent there. In a league that, like, if you have a special tight end, man, you really got an advantage. And the matchup uh, you know, problems and things that you can create um, are – are pretty powerful when you Mm -hmm. got a guy uh, like that, which they don't. That's the entire offense, not including the offensive line that is wrecked.
1: That is totally banged up. Third center, you're on. Yeah. Uh,
0: Backups. um, The tackles are hurt. Billy, you're relying on guys who... You know, really never had a chance this season to have success uh, because of their bodies um, and their health. Um, Garrett Bowles is like, what's his future now with this team? What does that look like? Could be done, uh, absolutely. I mean, totally. What's the? I don't. I don't know. They can get out from under him and just kind of move on. Listen, the whole offensive line—it's a rebuild, not a reboot, right? Like it is a, it's, it's a, a full it's a, it's a, rebuild. It's a full rebuild. Yeah. So. I wouldn't say uh, this sounds crazy. Luckily, (laughs) there's no luckily when you have a poop offensive line. But what I'm saying is, you can go draft a a uh, running offensive lineman in the second round and in the fourth round, and they could be two like top ten offensive linemen in the draft. Um, you hope there's a starter there. You go find two new starters through free agency. You maybe go trade for a guy who's backing up right now who you think can start. You know, try to find you a Ron Leary out there, someone who's better than what, what you got in Ron Leary. And that's it. You reconstruct. And you try to add depth, and you hope some of the guys who are we're sticking around now that you've had can Quinn Miners can Miners. develop and move forward and be now one of the guys who's the veteran guys who can work with maybe a little bit more talent around him. Once you get that talent, it's always it's again if you don't have just beefcakes and like a bunch of badass freaking dudes like the you know Philly or some of these other yeah, teams, Philly, man. yeah, that line. Then, then it has to be about co- coaching and cohesion, about co- the guys coming together, working as you know more than their single parts, and uh, that's it. That's kind of my thoughts. That's the offense as a whole. Then Russ, you know, speaks for itself. So um, I don't, I don't know if Russ is done yet.
1: You don't know if he's cooked. You don't I'm you not even sure say yet. so. I
0: can't. Not, I I just I can't. I'm not willing to say so. Yeah. Okay. And I might have an answer for you at the end of this season. Do you know what I'm hoping? I don't. I'm hoping I don't. I'm hoping he has a couple of games, honestly, where it's just like, damn, whoa, where was this, Russ? And then we find out, well, they did this. This scheme was different. They rolled him out. This is, you know, they had a totally different game plan. And then we're like, okay, whoa, maybe something is, you know, a, a dragon has been, uh, you know, um, awakened. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know that that can be true because I don't believe this offense can score more than 13 or 16 points. Um, but that's it, man. And, like, that's it. That's the whole podcast. I didn't mean to be a bummer podcast. Why don't you give me your quick prediction for the game here against the Ravens? Oh, gosh.
1: I Uh, mean, this could be a blowout. We could see – I mean, do you see this coming, a blowout? Because, like, I I think um – the score is gonna be similar to last week, like you said, twenty four to ten, something yeah. like that. If they can score ten points, maybe it's only seven, maybe it's like eight. Uh, <laughs> but Please stop. I I don't think the Ravens are gonna put up thirty. I think you know they'll, they'll probably put up in the something in the twenties, and it's gonna be another twenty four to ten game where the Broncos score under the point total, and um, just yeah, another another Broncos game that goes under. I think they've gone under in every game besides the the first game against the Raiders this year. So okay. That's what I think.
0: Um, I can't fight you on any... You know, when if someone says these, like, lowly predictions, I'm like, oh, come on, Mr. Negative. I just, like, I, can, I can't respond to anything that anyone is saying because I keep looking like an, an ass. I mean, when, what, um, what if I they, like... sticking up for these guys. What if
1: they somehow do win this game? Um, in, in the very well, slim chance that happens. Well, then, it's
0: like, last year, what did they... Remember, they rocked the Cowboys world last year, the oh, Broncos, yeah. and you're like, how and they did were that like happen? five and one at that time. Yeah. And then like the year before they beat like a good Rams team there, maybe the year before like a St. Louis, Ram- uh, LA Rams team that was like rolling. You're like, how did they do that? you know, and that's what, what I call and we've called the NFL law of averages that one day, uh, it's just like they're they get paid too. And one day it just kind of works. And, right. uh, what do we say about the football, Alex?
1: Oh, it's a funny shaped, and it takes funny
0: bounces. It's shaped funny, and it bounces weird, exactly. Yeah. So it's like sometimes the ball is just bounces weird because it's shaped funny. I mean, and they, they lost
1: to Jacksonville you last know, week. So, so. <laughs>
0: um, all right, uh, shout out one more. I want you to plug them too, for us. Yep. Um, Platte River Mortgage. Sean Sadita, man, he's been a big part of um, our radio show and of the podcast. If you are trying to buy a house. And you need a mortgage company that's not on TV and not based out of Ohio or some other, you know, city. Platte River Mortgage is a a Denver company. 20 years. Okay, this guy is, uh, my brother bought his house. Our boss here, Nate, has worked with Sean. Um, We have listeners after, you know, listeners. New School Danny's worked with him. Um, we just got these guys, man, who I've worked with Platte River Mortgage and Sean Sedita, who um, he's a class act. I'm telling you. I know people have put offers on houses six, seven, eight offers on houses lost those offers because well they had more money up front they're so, a cash buyer um couldn't the mortgage company couldn't close you know they couldn't get their ducks in order Sean said he did wolf. Freaking find a way to cl- get you the house that you've been wanting, and you know I don't know if people are really refinancing right now, but I don't know your situation. Give him a call and just kind of—he doesn't want to run the numbers. He doesn't need you to, you know, send some money. He doesn't need you to sign a bunch of paperwork before he works with you. Conversation, simple conversation. So talk to that guy, uh, Alex. What's your Twitter and all that kind of stuff?
1: Uh, I'm at a Becker Sports on Twitter, and uh, yeah. Love doing the the Smile High morning show, 10 to noon. So make sure you tune into that. It's a a great two hours and uh, you won't regret it. You'll be entertained.
0: Yeah, man. uh, We do that. And Alex does a podcast just once or twice a day or a week with me, but he does, he produces the radio show every single day. And uh, maybe I don't even say this kind of stuff enough. Um, There's, you know, like a few different radio sports, talk radio stations in town. okay? and there's a lot of young, good producer talent guys who are like going to go on to bigger and better things or like produce and go on to be like program assistant program directors, all that kind of stuff. Alex is one of like the most talented guys in the whole entire game. What we do on the radio every single day is like and it's our I'm telling you, I, I joke around. We say we don't do sports talk radio Per se, per se what we do we consider performance art and bro that's why it's like i just kind of it's a joke it's true like the sound of the show the vibe the feel the you know sounds the music all that you do like a good job and I'm, we're lucky to have you i'm lucky to have you bro choc
1: thank you thank you appreciate you danny
0: i'm at tweet Danny on twitter as well that's the whole podcast um you know subscribe to the podcast comment all that kind of stuff anywhere you can find podcasts that stuff's really important for podcasts like what we do here um and that's it um Watch, watch us—the radio show at MileHighSports.com. We're going through a little reboot there, actually, <laughs> but the website is a beautiful thing and it's a monster, it's a juggernaut. But you know, listen, find us—podcast, radio on demand, all that kind of stuff. Good job, Alex. Appreciate you guys out there as well, um, and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night.